Uh, if this is your first time with us or first time with us in a while, we are in week four of our summer preaching series entitled Summer in the Psalms. And so what we are doing is uh, we are not spending our entire time in every single one of the songs. Pastor Walter and I have selected uh, a good bit uh, to go week by week through and to see. And so we're in week four of this. And uh, in this one today, we're looking at uh, one of the most well-known psalms, maybe the most well-known psalm of Psalm 23. I mentioned yesterday at Ronnie's funeral, this is one of his favorite passages of scripture and the Lord with his timing and planning, it just so happened that he would call Ronnie home and we would have his service the same weekend that we're sharing this. I just thought that was just a touching thing that the Lord would provide. But this is a, an incredible psalm. And the songs that we just sang about the Lord never letting go, the song about God being the same God that he was then, that he is today, it rings so powerfully and true for this psalm today because in this psalm, we're seeing how the Lord's provision is always there. We see how the Lord takes care of his people and provides for them. David, as he's writing this psalm, more than likely is writing this from a little bit latter part of his life. He's matured some and he's reflecting upon the life that he's lived. He's reflecting upon the ways in which God has shown him mercy and grace and provided for him throughout his time. And David uses this picture and description of God as shepherd. Now, we see this in many places of Scripture. I'll reference that in a moment. But he refers to him as the shepherd and how we are the sheep of his pasture, of his flock. And so I've entitled today's message, Our Great Shepherd. And if you uh, don't have a Bible and, and you want to be able to use one, there's a, a Bible right there in front of you in the pew, or uh, you can uh, read the words here on the screen. But let's stand together to honor the reading of God's Word as we look at these six verses in Psalm 23. The Word of the Lord says, a Psalm of David, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that we can come into this place, into your house, to gather as the body of Christ, to exalt you, to worship you, to proclaim that you are the same God that, that did all of these things, these true accounts of Scripture back then. You do powerful things still today. That one line of that song, you were Savior then, you are Savior now. Lord, you never let go of us. Those who are in Christ are yours forever. 
and you guide us and lead us throughout this life, you are the great shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that you are the great shepherd and that you loved us enough to send your son to die for us. Father, I pray now over these next few moments, Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you. Father, have your way in us. We love you, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So David is painting for us a picture in this psalm for the readers, for us, of the Lord as the great shepherd who continually watches over his sheep through life into eternity. So if you're taking notes, I hope that you are. Uh, You can put down for your first note, the Lord is our shepherd in the pastures. The Lord is our shepherd in the pastures. Now you're going to notice for these points at least these first three, I'm going to use some wording that sounds like shepherding, okay? And that's intentional, and I'll describe it as we go through. But here for this first one, look again at verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, there's beauty right there in those opening words of this psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord and my. Stop for a moment and think about the beautiful reality of that. You see, for the Christian, we have the God of the universe who created everything, who spoke it all into existence. He alone is our God. He alone is the I am, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one true God. And yet, he is our shepherd. We are his Sheep, we are his. He cares for the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep in which he will do any and all for, and he does by sending his son to give his life for the ungodly. What a great shepherd that is. What a great God that is. You know, elsewhere in scripture, we see examples of the Lord being referenced as a shepherd. And just to give you one example, it's from another psalm. It's in Psalm 78, verses 51 through 52. It's in regard to how the Lord led his people out of bondage in Egypt. And he says, he struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the first fruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep. And guided them in the wilderness like a flock. We have this word picture here of how the people, the nation of Israel, is described as the sheep being led by the shepherd out of Egypt. Now they're led out of Egypt. We saw it there when we were singing the words, how the ocean parts, the the sea crushes down on the Egyptians that are chasing after them. And God delivers them from Egypt. And upon God's deliverance from the people, taking the people from Egypt, he carries them and guides them through the wilderness. And we've talked about this before, but through their sinfulness, through their bickering, through their whining and complaining, through their lack of obedience, God is continually leading his people, guiding them 
helping them, providing for them. Notice that second half of verse one again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because of the divine, sinless, sovereign shepherding of the Lord, we shall not want because he provides for all our needs. Now, Charles Spurgeon says this in regard to this verse. I might otherwise, I might want otherwise, but when the Lord is my shepherd, he is able to supply my needs and he is certainly willing to do so for his heart is full of love and therefore I shall not want. Now, if we're being honest and taking a moment to stop and reflect, there are many times in our life as sinful people still, although if we are saved by God, we have his grace, but we still sin in our thought process, in our wants, our desires. We still want, do we not? We still desire after things that we should not desire for. We still want the things that God doesn't want us to have that are not good for us, whatever they may be. But when the Lord is our shepherd and our provider and he's taking care of us and he's guiding us in the pastures, we shouldn't want. We have all that we need with him. We're reminded of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 26. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, What you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? Yes, we are. We're created in the image of God. We are very different than any other bit of creation. We are the ones in whom he died for. We are the ungodly. Yet he still gives his life for us. It is because of the Lord's love and protection as our shepherd that we shall not want. Praise God for supplying all of our needs. Amen. Have there ever been times in your life where you've been wondering like, man, I I don't know how this is going to turn out. This doesn't look like it's going to go well. We can't make this work. Lord, we believe you're calling us to this, but we don't see how you're going to get us there. And yet every single time, he's there and he's on time according to his time, supplying our needs. This is the great shepherd. Look at the first part of verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't know if you're catching on it yet, but I adore just the way in which David just writes out this psalm and the way in which the imagery shows there for us. He paints us this picture of how the great shepherd is making his sheep lie down in green pastures. You may say, well, what is the green pastures? Well, like a sheep has green pastures to eat upon, you can picture it in your mind. You see this beautiful field. 
I, every time I think of this, I picture this beautiful hillside with these mountains in the background. And it's just this beautiful scene. Maybe it's because I love the mountains so much. I don't know. But you just see it, and it's just gorgeous green grass. And it's, oh, it's just growing so much. It's so much there for the sheep as the shepherd is leading them on the hillside for the sheep to feast upon. And much like that is the case for them, the Lord's provision is continually obvious throughout this psalm as we as Christians must be able to see just how much God provides for us on a regular basis. The provision of the shepherd leading the sheep to be able to lie down in the green pastures is that it's the same thing for us as his people being able to feast upon the living word of God. The living word of God, this here is nourishment for our souls. Which begs the question, if this is not part of our daily diet, how are we to do well spiritually? The answer is we're not going to do well spiritually. We're going to feel as if we're walking around on E continually. I've been there. And I'm sure each and every one of us in this room can attest that we've been there. We must feast upon the word of God. Notice, too, that it says that the Lord makes us do it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Have you ever been in a season of life where you just knew the Lord was trying to get your attention? You ever had a season of life where you just know the Lord's like, hey, I don't know how many times I have to try to get your attention, but let me give you one more chance. (laughs) And it's those moments where he makes us lie down. Some of those moments of that being made to lie down doesn't feel so great at first, right? (laughs) doesn't but it's exactly what we need it's exactly what our soul needs he makes us lay down so that we can find rest in him so those moments in life where things are painful where they're hard where we question where we suffer that he is ever present and he's there And he wants us just to stop and feed and rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then look at this continuation in verse 2. He leads me beside still waters. We've seen the green pastures. Now we see the still waters. The Hebrew for this can literally be translated beside waters of rest. See, for the sheep, they need the green pastures and the still waters to eat and drink. And when we take the time to feast upon the word and walk along following the Lord, the great shepherd, our incredible moments of rest come for our weary souls. Now look at verse three. It says there that he restores my soul. 
He restores my soul. The Lord can make anew our soul through salvation and praise God for that. And then he restores our soul with these moments of refreshing throughout this journey. There may be times where you're sorrowful. There may be times where you're grieving, much like many of us are. Maybe times where you're weak. The Lord is there to strengthen us. The Lord is there to comfort us. There may be times when we sin. The Lord forgives us. Maybe times where we have the obedience that we need and we get that after following and listening to the Lord. Look at the verse, or second part of verse three. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, the beauty of being led by the chief shepherd. There's beauty of it. There's beauty in it. We are led gently by him. He guides us. Much like the sheep hears the voice of the shepherd and follows, we as Christ's followers do the same. Jesus says in John chapter 10, two through five, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. We follow the shepherd down these paths of righteousness. These are, as Warren Wearsby calls them, well-worn paths. We follow the Lord down these well-worn paths before us because we have seen where he has gone before. We follow him through them just as he has led us time and time again. Just as he has led others time and time again. For those of you that haven't had a chance to be a part of the Life Connect groups that we did in the spring through the Divine Mentor, you need to grab a copy of the Divine Mentor. It's in Pastor Walter's office in the Resource Center. Grab it and read it immediately. It will, one, help you with your studying of the scriptures, but also, number two, it will give you this beautiful picture of seeing how all of these people from the scriptures that are not made up characters, but they are people who lived and died and followed God and didn't follow God and learned from not following God. And it will be an incredible avenue for you to learn from many different mentors to see how the Lord has led time and time again before us. You see, as I quoted from that John 10 passage, if we begin to focus on some new path that isn't well-worn, it's like those that may hear some false teaching or something that sounds good, that scratches the ear, but it's not from the Lord. And it's a path that will lead to destruction that leads to disobedience from God. 
It says that he does this for his name's sake. He does this so that he may be glorified. He loves us and he wants us to be his and he wants us to worship him. He has been faithful. He will be faithful and he deserves all the glory for it. Secondly, the Lord is our shepherd through the valley. The Lord is our shepherd through the valley. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We see that David makes a change here with some personal pronouns. He goes from he to you. David is no longer speaking about the shepherd, but instead he's speaking directly to the shepherd. See, there is so much beautiful imagery here. The sheep lacks good vision. Therefore, he can be easily frightened, especially in a new situation, circumstance, or even somewhere along a new journey. The sheep need the shepherd's presence with them to calm them, to guide them. Think about that for a moment. Don't we get that way too? Can't we allow our vision to get blurry or for us to get sidetracked by junk and by circumstances that we face? Can't we get fearful by what we're facing and not want to go that way because it looks difficult and it can be difficult? I'm not diminishing that. Don't we need the help of the shepherd in our midst to help guide us? Of course we do. We need him. Now, what is this valley of the shadow of death? Surely, it can most certainly mean when facing death. But this can also point to a period of darkness that we may face. We see in the book of Job, if you know Job's story, you know that Job loses everything. God allows for Satan to come and do these things in Job's life. He doesn't harm Job, but Job loses everything. And when you get to chapter 3 of the book of Job, Job begins to lament his birth. And we're going to talk about lamenting here through this summer series because we're going to see some psalms of lament. But he's lamenting his birth. He's lost everything. Yet even in that deep darkness, he knew ultimately that the great shepherd was in control and never once curses the Lord. He knows that the Lord is faithful. Now, I referenced this yesterday at Ronnie's service. When I was studying, I, I came across this Spurgeon quote, and I think it's so fitting when we think about the concept of facing even death. It says, Yea, though I walk, as if the believer did not quicken his pace when he came to die, but still calmly walked with God. To walk indicates the steady advance of a soul which knows its road, knows its end, resolves to follow the path, feels quite safe, and is therefore perfectly calm and composed. A dying saint is not in a flurry. 
He does not run as though he were alarmed, nor stand still as though he would go no further. He is not confounded nor ashamed and therefore keeps to his old pace. Observe that it is not walking in the valley, but through the valley. We go through the dark tunnel of death and emerge into the light of immortality. We do not die, but we do sleep to wake in glory. Death is not the house, but the porch, not the goal, but the passage to it. The chief shepherd guides us through the valley of the shadow of death, through the darkness that we may face. And just as he promises, he never leaves us once, nor does he forsake us. Ever present. David concludes verse 4 indicating that despite the valley of the shadow of death, he will not fear. Why does he not fear? Because he says, you are with me. We see here an example of the sheep being at ease because of the presence of the shepherd being with him. Just as a sheep was standing right here before us and there was a shepherd right there with us and we would see the example, this sheep is not going to go unless he hears that shepherd's voice. He understands he's in the presence of that shepherd. Church, don't miss this. When you face the difficulty or as you're even just going through the normal pace of life, keep focused on the chief shepherd. Listen for his voice. You may not hear an audible voice come out of heaven, but every time you open the God-breathed word, it's God speaking back to us. Time and time again, the word does not return void. Isaiah 55, the Lord will have for you what you need to supply you and get you through. Listen for the chief shepherd's voice as he guides you. And follow. He says there at the tail end of verse 4, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod, this club of sorts with this large knob on the end to fight off the attacking enemy that may come. There to protect the sheep. The shepherd is there with that rod to fend the sheep, to fight off anything that would come. And then the staff. The staff with the little crook on the end. It's used to assist the sheep. For those of you that were present as we went through the book of Leviticus, this verse may uh, jog your memory and remind you, but it was very quickly in the passing as we were concluding ver- chapter 27. Just a quick verse. It says in verse 32, uh, 27, 32, and every tithe of a herd of flocks, every tenth animal of all that passed through the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. It's this passing through of the staff. The, the shepherd counts sheep. He's there. He knows his sheep. And it provides comfort. When the, when the sheep is going off path, the shepherd is able to take that. Instead of having to run over to it and grab it, he's able to extend the staff right there with the hook, the crook of it, and put it around him to guide him back. It's not there done to bring harm to the sheep. It's there to provide comfort. It's there to provide counsel. In a sense, it's there to provide direction. 
Well, that don't sound very comforting to me that a hook is gonna be around the neck. Just think of it in the sense, the sheep is just going about on its own way and it's just there very gently to grab it and bring it back so it can stay on the right well-worn path that it needs to be on. The Lord directs our paths with provisions to help us and not to harm us. Look at number three. The Lord is our shepherd in the fold. The Lord is our shepherd in the fold. The beginning of verse five says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That first half there of verse five Now, you can easily take that and say table literally in the presence of enemies, but also understand the context of why David is writing this. At the time, on a day's journey, the shepherd would lead the sheep. I gave you that picture earlier of the hillside, and it'd be this break on this time on the hillside for the sheep to roam and to eat while making their journey to the sheepfold. And laying out space on the hillside, this would commonly be referred to as a table. And so they're all there. They're there about doing what they're doing. They're, they're eating. They're enjoying life as best you can as a sheep on the hillside. And then once they got to the sheep gate, after examining each of the sheep, the shepherd would prepare the food before the sheep for them to eat while he lays across the doorway, always ready to defend the livelihood of the sheep. What a beautiful image that is. There at the gate of the sheepfold, after making sure that every one of them is there, they're in there for the night, and he's about to lay down, he lays across the doorway to protect his sheep. The Lord is always there to protect us, to provide for us. There are times where difficulties arise. There are times where hardships happen, but he's still present. He hasn't lost his sovereignty. He's still the great shepherd. And just as many of those enemies may be there on the outside of the fold, ready to come in and devour the sheep, little do they know they need to check themselves because the shepherd is at the fold, ready at the gate, laying there with his rod to defend his flock. The Lord is there always to defend his people his sheep. He's covered us with salvation. He's protected us from death. He has redeemed us from eternal punishment because of his son's death, burial, and resurrection. His sacrifice on the cross for us has made the way to where what was destined for us is no more. Christ has made the way. The shepherd has provided the means of eternal protection. That second half of verse five, you anoint my head with oil, My cup overflows. 
the beauty of the anointing with the oil. For many sheep, the shepherd would take the oil and he would pour it over the sheep's head and their horns to help with the uh, prevention against the bugs and the critters that would get there in the way. This oil would flow over them. It would pour over them and it would get and help with getting those things away. Again, this picture of providing for the sheep. The provision and care covered here is a reminder for us that the Lord always, always, always provides. There may be times where he allows things to take place that baffles our mind, that makes us question, that makes us even doubt. But his will is still being accomplished. And he will still get the glory in and through it. And we have to remember this and do not miss this. There are many a times where we sit there and we go through whatever it is that we are going through and we stop and we question and we wonder and we see eventually just how beautiful the provision of the Lord was throughout the entire process. He is always providing and caring for the people. Lastly, very quickly, the Lord is our shepherd for eternity. The Lord is our shepherd for eternity. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you wanted to, you could take surely and you could put only. Only goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's the reality for a Christ follower. David has penned this psalm, as I said, looking back over his life, remembering the highs and the lows, the very good highs and the very deep lows. Much like Pastor Walter mentioned last week, he messed up big time. We see it laid out for us in the scriptures. Adultery and murder. Yeah, he can look back on his life and see only goodness and mercy following his days because of the grace of God. There's only always been for David and for the Christ follower one constant in life. And that is the Lord. Great people come, great people go. Great jobs happen, great jobs go. Really cool events take place, they're gone. Walter and I only have a few more months left, unless we win it again, to celebrate the fact that we're the World Series champions right now, and then it's gone. Prayerfully, not for as long as it was before. But the one constant that's always there in life is that we have the Lord. The great shepherd is ever present, constant in our lives. 
Only goodness and mercy follow us, church, because of the finished work of Jesus and the salvation that's been given to us by God. I mentioned Warren Wiersbe to you earlier. I want to leave you with a quote that he says that I think is just so powerful. It says, under the old covenant, remember prior to Christ, under the old covenant, the sheep died for the shepherd. But under the new covenant, the shepherd died for the sheep. And we shall meet our shepherd in heaven. Under the old covenant, the sheep died for the shepherd because of the law, the way in which it had to be done. But under the new covenant, because of Jesus, the shepherd, Jesus himself, the lamb of God, dies for the sheep. And we, we get to see the great shepherd one day. We all have a life to live that one day comes to an end and prayerfully we will press on in this life as followers of Jesus Christ on mission to make much of his name so that many people prayerfully come to faith and know and experience the great shepherd and his provision and care in our lives. I want to take a moment for us and just stop and quietly reflect and pray. Maybe if you've got your notes out, you want to journal, journal some thoughts, maybe that the Lord has impressed upon you through this. What is the Lord saying? For everybody in this room and everybody listening online, you may not know the chief shepherd. You may not know him as Lord. And maybe the first step you need to do is say, I need to know more about this shepherd that died for the sheep. Maybe the Lord is doing something right now in you and he's drawing near and he's calling you to salvation. If that's the case, we will rejoice in that with you. We will pray with you and we will guide you. Maybe you know the great shepherd but for whatever reason, you're not spending time in the pasture. Maybe you're not prioritizing hearing and listening for his voice. Maybe you need to spend time right now repenting and asking the Lord to guide you and helping you to hear his voice again. Whatever it may be, I pray that the Lord's will would be done in this moment right now. If you're listening online and you want to reach out, you see the link there on the screen, homesavenue.com forward slash contact. Let us know if we can assist you, pray with you, and help you through this time. But let's go before the Lord in prayer. Quietly for a moment, I will pray, and then our worship team will lead us in our closing song. Would you pray with me?
Heavenly Father, Lord, hallowed be your name. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the pasture that it is for us, the sheep. We thank you, Lord, that we can feed on your word in any given moment. And Lord, if that is not a priority in our lives right now, Lord, I pray that you would draw us to repentance and that that would become a priority. Lord, thank you for being the great shepherd. Thank you for the provision and the care that you constantly provide for us. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness and mercy that follows us. We have been redeemed. Those mercies are new every single morning. Even though we are unworthy of them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for those of us in Christ that, God, when you look upon us, all you see is the righteousness of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he has paid the debt for us. We thank you, Lord, that we are yours. I pray, Father, that we would walk in a manner worthy of the gospel to bring you glory in our lives, to listen for your voice, and to be obedient and follow you on the well-worn path. Father, I pray, Lord, in these next few moments, whatever you may be speaking To each of us, Lord, within the sound of my voice, I pray, Lord, that no distractions would arise, Lord, that we would listen, and Lord, that we would hear you, and that we would walk in obedience to you. Have your way, O God, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.